everybody. I'm Ashton Demery. And I'm Nicole Demery. And welcome to our Atheist Bible Study, where I'm super excited about this episode because I love to talk about myself. And I don't so much, so uh, <laughs> I don't know why this is my idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we are doing an About Us episode. Uh, so before I get started, I just want to give a disclaimer that if you're not interested in hearing uh, our background and stuff like that, I totally understand. And you can just go ahead and skip this episode. That's fine if you just want to keep crunching through the books of the Bible and uh, hearing about that. Um, but today we're just sort of giving some background in case people are interested on who we are, where we come from, and then just kind of like a sense of, of what we're trying to do with this podcast and how it relates to our background as Christians. Yep. So I guess we'll get started. Do you want to get us started with kind of some background on us and our relationship? Yeah. So first off, I am, again, Nicole Demery, and my pronouns are she, her. And Ashton and I met in... Uh, we, met briefly in middle school but really started hanging out junior year of high school and we're like pretty much close friends during that whole year and then we started dating the beginning the beginning of our senior year and then we made separate decisions to go to the same college so we dated continuously all throughout four years of college and then we got married at the end of college partly because we had been dating for so long and we knew that that was like gonna happen down the road sooner or later anyways but also because our both of our families were like very uncomfortable with the idea of us living together while not being married yeah and i i want to say like that's like all the reason we got married or no it definitely like that, wasn't it was probably a big part of the reason we got married as early as we did because we were going to be moving across the country and so we were obviously going to live together but. yeah i guess that was part of it too since we were going to be living across the country like it made more sense to have the wedding where all of our family and friends were instead of going back. Yeah. Yeah. So that is our, like, I guess, personal relationship side. And then we're going to rewind back to our childhoods, talk about our Christian upbringings. Yeah. And also, I don't think we mentioned, but we're originally from Visalia, California. Uh, we now live in uh, South Carolina, went to Cal Poly, uh, San Luis Obispo together, mm -hmm. and we're both 24 years old. But Visalia, if you're not familiar with the geography of California, it's it's in the Central Valley, which doesn't meet kind of, the, I think, the, the stereotypical understanding of what California is. Not at like all. People don't really recognize when they talk to me about California that the Central Valley is like the Bible Belt of California. Yeah, it's, it's like you could be anywhere in the Midwest. Yeah, or like, like when you're in the Central Valley. Almost more like, like Texas yeah. or something. It's like being, to some extent, like being in the South. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess we'll we'll get into our Christian background. So, you want to tell us a little bit about your Christian background, how your family sort of approached belief, what they expected of you, and how all of that shaped your childhood? Yeah. Okay. So, to understand how I was raised, I think it's important to understand my parents' dynamic. So, my mother was raised by two Methodist ministers and then on the other side my father he was raised in a very strict catholic household so when you know they came together and made their family unit for a while there we were all going to both a catholic church and a methodist church so we would do the it's called the judas shuffle <laughs> in the catholic <laughs> church it's when you leave after receiving the host and don't stay for the rest of mass we would do that 
and then go to another church. So one of the things I like about the Catholic Church is it's it's only kind of frowned upon to like not like being there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot less true in Protestant circles. Yeah. But we didn't do that forever. Eventually we only went to the Catholic Church and I think part of that was because in my family my dad truly was the spiritual leader or at least it seemed that way because his faith had more like boxes to check in order to like participate in it and my mother's side had like less so. So it felt like we were, you know, more, felt like we were Catholics growing up, which we pretty much were. We were Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's really interesting because I had a very different experience as a kid as far as, like, what role men played in religion. And it's definitely a kind of a stereotype in Christianity or an expectation, really, that the men in the household are, like, the spiritual leaders. And yeah. I did experience that at church sometimes. Like, obviously, the pastors were like that in their families, and there were mm -hmm. people who were vocal in the church, and they certainly had that dynamic. Yeah. But I also got the sense that, in general, that's not reality. That, I mean, in my experience, men kind of tend to separate themselves a little bit mm -hmm. from religion. Like, you don't hear them talk about it openly as much in a way that, it's almost like it's a part of masculinity mm -hmm. in the way that men don't like to talk about feelings. It feels like religion's a little bit like talking about feelings. Yeah. And well, so you have to say that you love another man. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess in my experience, a lot of men say that they're Christian and hold a lot of the views that go along with that. And then don't necessarily talk about it that much or, yeah, like I would say that usually you imagine the mother being the one to give out like punishments for not going to church. Like, you know, are you really sick? Like, yeah. But yeah, in my family, it was the opposite. If like we, we went to church every single Sunday and um, like the expectation was if you were too sick to go to church, then you were like too sick to do anything that day. So you like weren't allowed <laughs> to go hang out with friends or anything. Yeah. Once you like started feeling better. Yeah, so the thing about, like, my parents coming from, like, different sectors of Christianity is, like, it made my household, like, a lot more open to, for us to, like, see other, not other religions per se, but, like, you know, other Christian religions. I was allowed to go to a lot of different churches. It wasn't like I had to only go to the Catholic church. So I got to experience mega churches and um, youth pastors, like, youth groups. And I actually have... um. So, like, I feel like part of understanding youth pastors is that, like, they're all a little creepy. Like, they're all older men hanging around <laughs> younger women. And, like, I actually had a friend who was having... Oh, my God. I don't know why I'm getting so embarrassed. <laughs> this is new information for me. Yeah, okay. I had a friend who was fucking a youth pastor who was much older. Like, he was, like, older than 18 and she was under 18. And he was the worst, like... He would have sex with her, not use protection, and then make her pay for Plan B. And, like, at the time, Plan B is, like, $50. Now you can get it for much cheaper on Amazon. What, the the off-brand ones, I guess. You can. Hmm? Aren't the, isn't actual Plan B? Oh, yeah. Plan, sorry, yeah. Plan B is still $45, but, like, there's cheaper. It used to be, like, the only, like, one out there. And yeah. now there's, like, the off-brands that you can get for, like, much, much cheaper in case anybody needs that information. <laughs> But yeah, and she was, this is like when she was like in high school and she like didn't have like a job or anything. So she'd have to like ask her, she'd have to ask her parents for money to Jeez. go pay for, yeah. 
Men are trash. <laughs> Especially <laughs> you pastors. pastors. Oh, I also went to a private Christian school, first and second grade. So none of like the good, you know, formative years where that really, really fucks with you. But yeah, I mean, it still did kind of, but not so intensely. It wasn't my like whole environment. Right. And then, yep. So I also went to CCD every Wednesday, vacation Bible school every summer. I went through confirmation in high school. And I also had to go to confession once a year, which was awful. Confession is horrible. And I like I remember at a point in my life I was like defending it to somebody. Like it's just so stupid. It's a horrible <laughs> experience. It's so awkward. You shouldn't have to tell strangers weird things that you've done. Yeah. And you just end up making up most of it anyways. Okay. Oh, I was also an altar server. And I was a really bad one. <laughs> like I would frequently fuck things up. Nice. Just like from, I just never learned the cues, which is all that it is. Because like all you'd have to do is bring one thing to another place or bring it to someone. I would just like zone out and forget, and yeah. the priest would end up having to get it himself. Oh, and I guess like another thing that about me is like I never questioned it growing up. I mean, like I think everybody has like doubts sometimes, but you never actually let yourself like think about it too long, or at least I didn't. So, like, I was pretty sold on everything up until I wasn't. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my experience is definitely pretty different. And I think, so a lot of that basis comes from my family structure just being very different. You didn't really have, Nicole didn't really have any divorced uh, family members. Not at least, like, her parents or grandparents. Yeah. None of them have ever my, been divorced. My grandparents probably should have divorced. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they did not. But for me... There was my grandma had been married several times. Uh, yeah. My mom was remarried. I didn't grow up with my biological father at all. Um, so it was just my mom and my stepdad. So uh, my grandma kind of was like the lead of all the like religiousness uh, in my family, or at mm -hmm. least like the catalyst of all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, she grew up Pentecostal, very serious, you know, evangelical, uh, believed in speaking in tongues, things like that. Uh, my mom, uh, she raised us and kind of led the Christian stuff in our family. Mm -hmm. You know, we all watched like Veggie Tales when we were kids and had to go to church. Oh, yeah. And uh, we did go to vacation Bible school, not every summer, but uh, some summers. And uh, so we were raised a little more like somewhere between mainline and evangelical mm -hmm. Protestantism. I started doubting pretty early on. Like there was probably when I was about 10, a stage where I was pretty much, yeah, I'm an atheist. And that didn't last very long. Because quickly I was like a pariah in my family. Like mm -hmm. they did not respond well when I was that age. Uh, and I just, you know, basically I just watched some science channel, like evolution special. And I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. I didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. And then started talking about it. Uh, and everyone was like, uh, no, actually God created man and woman. And there were never fish that turned into land amphibians that turned into reptiles and whatever else you yeah know? <laughs> so glad you're putting this on the record because i feel like once we came out to our families as atheists i really got blamed kind of silently for just <laughs> losing our faith yeah um and so i basically shoved all of that down and kind of went on with my life for yeah uh many years following and i never liked going to church you know, even when I was like pushing all that down and saying, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a Christian and vocal about being Christian to some extent, I hated going to church. I just 
wasn't into it. I like didn't see Christianity or religion as necessarily a priority. And that caused tension a lot of times with my family. Yeah. You know, we'd have these fights. Like I, I would, you know, not want to go to church because I had schoolwork to do or some other thing going on. And it would, you know, I, I did get out of it a lot for like things going on, but it'd be mm-hmm. like, well, what's more important? And it'd be like, well, school. Yeah. And then it would be like, no, it's not. And you know, that would cause fights. And then, so as, as far as kind of how, what things were expected of me and how it, sort of shaped my childhood expectations were mostly like going to church most of the time meeting sort of the purity standards right we already kind of talked about you know what was expected as far as like living with other people and stuff like that yeah and then you know no cursing all that kind of stuff and then also as far as what kind of media I could consume it did affect that like I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies that involved demons and stuff like that my grandma wouldn't allow that stuff to even be in her household Weirdly, the, the Simpsons were off limits. I think you said the same so was true in your family. So wasn't so much like that wasn't, didn't feel religious. I just felt like my mom thought it was like crude humor. Because like, okay, we also didn't watch horror movies, but it wasn't because of that either. It was literally just because my mom didn't like them. Like she was scared, yeah. she was scared of them. So she, we never watched them and I never got like the taste for them until high school. Right. I do think all of that's really kind of influenced by Christianity. Though. Yeah, I, I think totally. the like yeah. sense of, you know, crudeness is just bad comes from that like religious association. Yeah. Okay. Well, also you like reminded me when we started dating, it was kind of like a thing in your family that was like, well, she's fucking Catholic. Like at least she believes in God, but like, does she have to be fucking Catholic? Are they going to have a Catholic <laughs> wedding? Yeah, that's and so like there's like that expectation that like not only are you dating someone religious, but also like not this kind of Christian. Right. So that uh, is another thing I, I kind of forgot to mention. But you mentioned you were allowed to go to other churches and stuff like that. And I was allowed to go uh, to other churches with the exception of like things that my family saw as like cults, like Mormon churches or. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't even go into a Mormon church without being Mormon. I mean, you have to be able to convert somehow, but, um, yeah, I know, but I don't think anybody, anyways, gone. Yeah. So Mormon churches or, uh, Jehovah's witness, stuff like that. Um, my mom probably would have been fine with me going to Catholic churches. I don't think my mom had much issue with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but my grandma definitely saw Catholic is also kind of not true. Also, I I didn't really cover this exactly, but I grew up with my mom for up until I was about 17 years old. Uh, my mom passed when I was in high school. So then from then on, I lived with my grandma for the end of high school. And then uh, when I was home for summers from college. So she had a little bit more influence on that kind of stuff once I was out. Yeah. Once, once my mother was passed. Yeah. My sister was actually like best friends with a... She was Mormon. She was never... I don't think she was ever allowed to the church. Like they would talk about their religion a lot. Um, never really agreed on anything about it, but... Yeah, so, like, my parents were cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll talk now about what... So what made you leave Christianity and become an atheist? Right, so once we went to college, you know, I think that's when, like, a lot of people do it. Because you get away from the influence of your your family and you, like, meet a bunch of other people. But um, what started for me, mine was kind of like a slow burn. So... It started with an ethnic studies class, and I, you know, for the first time learned that I had white privilege and that the world was not fair for everybody, and that really rocked my shit, and I started to think, like, you know, maybe I'm not 
blessed by God. Maybe this has just been privileged the whole time. And that's what I've been experiencing as like so-called blessings and why things just seem to like work out for me always. <laughs> and then that kind of like stayed in the back of my mind for a while. And then I studied abroad in Thailand and it was like a combination of the environment of Thailand is totally different there. The main religion is Buddhism. And I feel like everybody kind of has to confront this at some point where you're like, well, I believe um, in one God, but there's this other religion that like also believes in multiple gods and it's totally fleshed out and from a completely different culture. And to that person, like that's their whole world and they can't imagine, you know, anything else being true. And I think it's something that you can kind of brush aside, but then like once you're like immersed in it, you know, you're seeing like, you know, spirit houses outside of every building. So that way bad spirits like don't enter and just you just have to face it a lot more often. Like it becomes more real, I guess. And so, yeah, so that made me really like confronted and like I just couldn't come up with like an answer, like which one was right when one was older and, you know, they're so different. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it was also I was taking anthropology classes and that made me really question like how much of myself is actually special and how much of me is just biology. And that the end answer is that it's none of you is special. You are all <laughs> biology. You're all chemicals, hormones, electricity firing in your meat brain. Like, right. And at that point, it was just like letting myself even momentarily believe, okay, like what if this isn't true? Like what if this whole time it just like has been perpetuated, but it's not actual reality. And then once I was at that point and like let myself believe it, it just kind of made everything else make so much sense and things that I had really been struggling with before I like wasn't worried about anymore and like kind of fell into place. Like it was like my life fit better now and I felt like more comfortable with my state of mind. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just kind of stuck. And then um, I called Ashton and I was like, I'm ready to have sex. <laughs> yeah. How that went down. <laughs> yeah, I for me is essentially the same story. I mean, it started a little bit with you questioning, mm -hmm. which was uncomfortable for me at first because I had just suppressed that and just kind of really latched on to just I, you know, this is all true for mm -hmm. so long. That was so scary to me because up until that point, the other only serious like kind of rift or like fight that we had had was over what religion we would be. Right. After we were married. And so now we were going through this thing where it was like, well, actually, I don't think any of this is true anymore. And like, yeah, it it felt like something that, that we could end over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I took philosophy classes in college because you have to take those electives. And so I chose to take some philosophy classes and that played a big role in sort of my my changing understanding of it all. Just learning different theories that different philosophers have had for how what what the nature of the world is um started with kind of secular philosophers like plato and stuff like that and then i took an indian philosophy class which indian philosophy is also kind of indian religion because mm -hmm. the they're just, they're just closely intertwined and really the same thing mm -hmm. and so learning these other religious understandings of the world and like you said recognizing that they believe them just as wholeheartedly as I do and that the they are logically consistent to some extent mm -hmm. uh, even if I think they're untrue 
um, at this point. So I kind of got to the point where I, I shifted into agnosticism mm-hmm. and all of this was sort of coinciding with a, a changing worldview of just experiencing uh, relationships with uh, LGBTQ people, having close friends and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so as my worldview on that was shifting, it also made more sense to l- let go of the, the Christian beliefs as well. And then eventually, yeah. the more and more that I kind of learned how what the effect Christianity was having on the world, and then I sort of went further and further away from it, and we got eventually to the point of just being outright atheist. Yeah, you just unlocked a memory for me that, like, I mean, it was always there, but I think even further back to when I was kind of like, I don't know about this, is um, when my when my friend came out as lesbian to her parents, and they almost, like, kicked her out and, like, had, like, a huge huge disagreement over it like wasn't speaking to her and stuff and i saw how like horrible that was for her and yeah and and that was one of the things i was talking about that fell into place it was like i do like why does the church say gay people are bad when like love is love like it didn't add up and it was like yeah one of those things whereas some church people were finally coming around because like they were you know like a terrible chance to have and saying actually like we are okay with that like jesus would love everybody kind of thing Right. When we became atheists, this was before we got married, like our junior year of college ish. Yeah. Summer before ish, kind of like that. And so we were just, we were atheists for a while, like very quietly. And actually, it wasn't until up until recently that we finally like made it known to our family members that we were this way. Just like it's just hard keeping a big part of you hidden from your family for so long. It wasn't like. I don't know. It feels weird to talk about it as if we were like coming out, but it was just like yeah. something that they had assumed about us for so long, and it like wasn't true anymore. Right. And so, yeah. Do you want to talk about how your family took it, or do you want me to talk about it first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I mean, for mine, not not well at all. Yeah. And I mean, the transition into this sort of started with I don't like dishonesty. I, I don't like. I don't feel comfortable not being honest, mm-hmm. and so. Like we said, our our family still kind of assumed that about us. And my grandma is very vocal. Like, she's not going to not talk about religion. Yeah. And so she would talk to me about it and stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, tell me some scripture. And like, oh, isn't that true? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to respond. I would just kind of like try to change the subject. And just sometimes I would just be like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know if that is true. And then it would be like, that is heresy. That is blasphemy. You can't say that. Mm-hmm. And that was like really difficult. And so I think I, we came out right after reading The God Delusion. I remember being kind of convinced by the fact, the idea that atheists need to normalize being atheists. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that point, I just decided I don't, I don't really care what the consequences are. We live across the country at this point. I'm going to tell my grandma that I don't believe anymore. Yeah. And so she's the only one I've explicitly come out and talk to about it just because uh she's the only one that we really pushes it so the, hard. yeah yeah and like i said the men in my family don't really talk about it mm-hmm. so uh i was basically disowned the the first two conversations we had were not good um and i won't really go into the details of the kinds of things that were said but she did not accept it she was trying to hurt she was like really trying to be cruel yeah and at some point after that, she did apologize for the things that she said. And it kind of seems like from there, we just sort of, she just maybe pretended it wasn't true. 
Yeah. Like it, it felt a little bit like, like you denial. said. Yeah. It, it's like you said, coming out, you know, it felt like how I imagine LGBTQ people when they come out to their family, if their family's not accepting how they kind of. Well, that's what happened those. to our friend in high school. That's what, that's exactly, it was just, it was outrage. And then it was just like, or telling me it was just like, yeah, they were just acting like it wasn't that it, she had never said it. Yeah. So yeah. And then. For a while after that, she would send me like religious texts and stuff like that. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't really believe this. Or like, why did you send me this? And then she would, they were kind of like those Trumpisms where he goes, oh, I'm just asking the question. Or like, and she would just back away from him. Like, oh, I wasn't sending this to try to convince you of anything. I just yeah. thought it was interesting or something yeah. like that. She hasn't done that as much because I've confronted her about it several times. But she do, still does talk about religion. Mm-hmm. So at, at some point after this conversation, word got to my aunt about it from, from my grandma. And I remember hearing from my cousin that what she had said was, you know, why would he say that? Mm-hmm. She said, why would he say that to you know, my grandma? Um, which was interesting because it's like, it, it seems to me pretty obvious why I would say that because otherwise I'm just constantly lying when she, it's not like we don't talk about religion. It's yeah. Constant. It's like the implication there is like, why did you not just keep pretending forever? Yeah. And it's also this, this bias that we have as a country overall. Um, Where it's like, okay to talk about Christianity, but it's not okay to talk about not believing. Yeah. It's like kind of universal. It's not like a conservative only thing. It's like a center America thing that yeah. like I, I would say like the norm is like don't talk about religion but it's like not like it's not frowned upon for somebody to just be like like well god bless Christian. you like yeah. have a blessed day like yeah and it's like you may not be like a fundamentalist christian nationalist and, and you may say like oh you know it, it's a free country you, you don't have to believe in you know this stuff and like you're fine with that but you're also very much like, well, why do you need to talk about it? Why do you need to put us down? Like, yeah, why do you need to put us down? Why do you need to thing. be open about being atheist? Mm-hmm. Because Christianity should be universally accepted as as good and American. Yeah. And so if you don't believe it, it's like, well, why are you ruining everybody else's fun? Like, why are you ruining what brings us happiness? And it's yeah, it's like just I'm happy. I'm having a good time. Yourself. So how can this be a bad thing? Yeah. More on that, on why it is a bad thing, but also, like, to what you're saying, it's like, well, why is it, if it's okay for you to talk about, like, your presence of religion, why can't I talk about my, like, lack of a religion? Right. It's, like, just universally hurtful for you to say to Mm -hmm. your family members that you don't believe, you know? Yeah. And it's also, like, I think of this with, like, children, too. Like, if if an atheist had a kid that wanted to go to church with their friends and mm-hmm. they were like, no, they can't go. It'd be like, that's really controlling. Like, why would you want to prevent them from seeking out other beliefs and learning? Right. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to control that? But Christians do that nonstop, right? Like a lot of Christians won't allow their kids to go to different religious churches and stuff like that. And like experience oh, yeah. atheism. And if an atheist tried to convince a child and, and explain stuff to them, parents would be outraged and be like, why are you trying to get involved in yeah. my child and when take away their like- belief? a fundamental practice for Christians to go around converting people to their faith. Yeah. Because again, it's, but it's not assumed okay that Christianity is even if untrue, the beneficial. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas atheism is cynical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I have to say about that. So, uh, how about you? You want to tell 
about how it oh, went yeah, for yeah. you. Okay, so pretty much what happened was Ashton set the bomb off first. And I, we actually had a, something like this happened before in college. So in college, Ashton had said something to his grandma that she took as, well, he didn't believe in that anymore. And so she freaked out and she called my sister, who's my maid of, I don't know, like my best friend and told her that she was worried that we were like not religious anymore, didn't believe in God anymore. And so my sister called me in a, and left this, like, panicked, um, just, like, super concerned voicemail wondering. Um, no, she didn't even tell me what it was. She just said, like, please call me back, like, as soon as you can. <laughs> also, at this time, she's pregnant. So I'm like, did she, you know, did have a miscarriage, like, this yeah. late? Like, I like, have no idea what's going on. And when I finally get her on the phone, she's just like, I just have to know. Do you still believe in God? And it was just like, uh, like, (laughs) the answer was no. But that's like, it was just so awkward. Like when someone has like so much concern over something that like doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Right. And I think I, I can't remember if I just straight up said like, yeah, I don't really think it's true anymore. But I feel like she took it as like, I was just questioning. Like she just kept acting like, you know, I questioned a lot in college too. And like. Yeah. Um, you'll get through this, like, kind of thing. And it was super weird because it, and I was, I already knew, like, I was never going back. Like, I did not sit in the agnostic phase for long just because, like, I really hate indecision. So I, like, jumped ship pretty quickly. But, like, nope, this is what I think now. Like, there is no God. So, yeah, anyway, so I had been through that before. So I, as soon as Ashton told his grandma that, I uh, went. Well, you told your family first. We did. Yeah, you did. No, what is it? Okay, you told your family. Sorry, you're right. But you but had, had said something. That yeah. had happened in the past, and it, hap- it was starting again where you had kind of yeah. been dodging some of uh, your grandma's questions, and she was starting to probe a little harder. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so we officially kind of, like, said the words to my family first. I told my siblings first, and... It, they just acted pretty normal about it. I don't think my brother gave two fucks about it. And then my sisters were just kind of like, whatever about it. But it's interesting, though, is like, so after I told them, then I told my parents. But both, every person I told asked me, but do you still believe in a higher power? And like, no. Fuck no. Like, but it was so weird that they like, were like, just wanted to think that, oh, she lost her religion. But she still thinks that like, something you know yeah. created us like they really i could tell that they wanted that to be the, like they didn't care if i lost all like the you know trappings of a of a catholic like didn't go to church anymore didn't go to church anymore like follow the bible as long as i still thought that like something bigger than us created us right um, yeah it, it is weird that the people are so attached to that idea yeah i could tell like Especially for my parents, I felt like they really wanted that to be true, but it's not. I don't. Um, I don't think there is anything. But my my dad definitely took it the hardest, and I. My mom, I felt like when I first told them was very accepting, and you know didn't really think two ways about it. it was just mostly concerned that it was ever a concern for me to tell them, and that it would like 
if I was scared to tell them that it would cause a rift between us. Like that seemed to be mm. my mom's main concern. But now I get the feeling that um, from both of them, they still kind of hope that I'll like turn around and have a renewal of faith. Yeah. Um, but they, they don't push it on me. And like, I don't know, my family has been pretty accepting of it. And they even like stop saying, cause we have like a family group chat. And when something's going on, someone will text and be like, oh, like, pray for me. This is happening. And a few of them have, like, switched over to just saying, like, well, we'll wish me luck or, like, be thinking of me. And I do feel like that is kind of, like, for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, overall, how did you feel about having grown up Christian? So, for a long time, like, I guess I felt pretty neutral about it. Like, I didn't think much of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the longer it's been since it happens, the, like, more it bothers me like resentful yeah so somewhat resentful of it Mm -hmm. i'll tell a story so that there was this time for some reason i have this vivid memory of it of being at youth group and it was sort of this like time after youth group we're just waiting for everybody's waiting to get picked up and we're all just kind of like hanging around and i think my my cousin was there and this other guy that we both knew from church camp and he had his electric guitar with him Mm-hmm. so we were like dude like you know play something like you know he's like you know what, what do you want us to play and I, I was really into like old like metal at the time and so i was like play uh play hell's bells so and he he was like into you know metal too so he knew like a lot of metal songs so mm-hmm. he starts playing hell's bells yeah on the electric guitar and all of a sudden the youth pastor walks over and he's like stop playing that right now right and it, there's no <sighs> words Nobody was singing yeah. any words. It was just like the so like clearly dun, 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 someone dun, knows dun, dun, the song, <laughs> you know. And he was just like playing that, and we were like, "This is so cool." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like it's objectively cool as a high schooler when your friend pulls out an electric guitar and is playing rock and roll. Like, yeah, that's just objectively a cool experience, right? And then he walks over and he's like, "Stop playing that right now. We don't play that here." <laughs> and I. I don't know why, like, kind of like a ta- like latched onto that, but like, I just—it's one of the experiences that, like, we were just in this moment of like childhood excitement, yeah, being high schoolers and having fun and playing music, yeah, and then you just kind of like cut that off, yeah. You're just like, I don't like that. I have to think the same way as you, yeah, and. I just think a little bit about like how much of my experiences were kind of just were dulled mm-hmm. by religion. How much uh, did I miss mm. because my religion was so obsessed with purity culture and these moral panics yeah. that I didn't get to just enjoy them and enjoy being a freaking kid. Yeah. So that's something I I think about a lot. And I I think also about like just the fact that I as a Christian caused harm. Oh, yeah. I I can't. I think it's important not to just separate myself from that as if it was just the religion, right? The religion has all these problems and I was, you know, indoctrinated into it. So it's not my fault. You know, I'm responsible for the views that I held and for the things that I said to people and the yeah. judgments that I made about people, oh. those are my responsibility. But it, it makes me angry that I hurt people because of that religion. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, where it's like, 
again, you have to like take responsibility for your own actions. Like you did those things, but it's also like you were like influenced and kind of made to feel like that was the right way. Like that was morally the right thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. See, that's what, okay. Cause I was thinking like when I look back or like when I relive it, when I like step back into that mindset, it's kind of like, oh, it wasn't so terrible. I like had fun running around mega churches and going to harvest festivals and things like that. Yeah. But yeah. But when I like think about the person that I was, I like, it's so cringy and like, like painfully cringy, like yeah. so embarrassed of like that person and like the things that, yeah, the things that they would say like privately or like the way they would act. Yeah, it's just that Christianity doesn't come a la carte. You know, it, mm-hmm. it comes with a whole culture of discrimination and hateful beliefs and moral panics that yeah. shape everything about it. You know, and then I think the other part is just like how much time I wasted. That's what I was going to say. It was like when I finally settled into that, okay, everything fits now. It was like such a relief to not have to be worried about holding up this like moral standard. Cause like in the back of your mind, like I don't really know if I'm good enough to go to heaven. Like who knows if they're good enough to get into heaven and like what kind of person you have to be. And like, is it too late for me? Have I already done enough bad things that yeah. there's no chance for me now? Um, Yeah. For me, I think it really started to manifest like, in our relationship because I just remember like once we started being intimate like afterwards I would just feel like the grossest like scum of the earth like Mm -hmm. just so ridden with guilt and shame and um it would have been nice to not have felt those things after yeah you know something that's like normal and natural right yeah so that is a little bit of our background and now we're going to talk about how this podcast was born. Yeah, so so for, for I guess from your perspective, why, why did we start this podcast and kind of what did you, what do you want to do with it? Okay, so from my perspective, we started this podcast because you were looking for a podcast that had this kind of material in it and you just like couldn't find one that was like to the level of information that you wanted. Like a lot of them were just straight up reading it or Yeah. just wasn't what what this podcast is and so yeah and for me you know we were all like hanging around our house doing nothing it was like well yeah it'd be fun to have like our own hobby and I like the sound of my own voice and (laughs) we talk about this stuff anyways like might as well put it on a podcast yeah what was the second part of that question what do you want to do with it oh what do you want to do with it yeah well I really wanted to do pretty litter ads and fab fit fun ads (laughs) that's what I was really wanting to do yeah, haven't gotten there yet. Nope. <laughs> I'm not sure if we fit their brand. Maybe not. We also don't own cats, so I don't know how we'll send ca- sell how cat litter. Talk about it. But that's what I wanted to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I, I do remember looking for podcasts like this, and I think in general there is a lack of atheist voices out there mm-hmm. for the same reasons we talked about before. I think a lot of atheists buy that story that, I don't need to tell other people about me being atheist, right? I'm just hurting other people. I'm not, I'm going to 
I'm going to keep quiet in my yeah. little atheist bubble and be you let the Christians be the Christians or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, I think, don't think actively about the fact that they're atheists. They're just non-religious. Okay. Something I was going to say was since we were raised religiously and we're now atheist, I think we think about religion all the time. Whereas yeah. people who are just like not raised with any religion, they don't think about religion. Like they don't or think about like the fact that they're atheists. Like I think they live their life the way that you were saying where it's like, yeah, like it's kind of all around me and I just kind of put up with it. And I know people don't really like to hear that I don't believe anything, but also I don't really think about that. I don't believe anything very often. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other part of it, I think to some extent this, this podcast is like part therapy and part warfare. Well, okay. I was going to say, this is kind of born out of us processing, telling our families that we are atheists. Cause it, it, right. it did receive such like a weird, you know, like a wild response. Cause I mean, I said my parents were cool with it, but my, you know, my parents still cried. Like, so yeah, there is, I think, something to like the level of reaction people get for not believing. Yeah. And so it's I think it's like us kind of I mean, Christians are notoriously ill educated on their favorite holy book. Yes. Like they, they yeah. know very little about it. Um, church is just sort of an assembly of passages meant to fit certain narratives, but not really in a chronological manner and not like fully pieced together with any real background on the book itself mm -hmm. and so it's like me tr us trying to piece together like what did we actually believe yes what was that yeah. what were the stories and narratives that we believed and that held so much power over our lives mm -hmm. and the other part of it is fighting back i think that you know Christi christians control so much of you know america and represent such a huge social and political force to sort of shape the country in the image that they want mm -hmm. and that is often discriminatory. And I think it holds power to understand, you know, the Bible that they so often wield as a weapon. Yeah. I wrote, that was one of the things that I wrote down is like, I, my, like one of my goals is to be able to like understand the Bible well enough that like, I know when somebody is using a Bible verse out of context. Yeah. But also just so I, for me, it's also just a way to prove to myself like that I really don't believe this, you know, like now I can say like, yeah, I've read the whole Bible and I didn't, you know, really agree with any of it. So I don't think this is for me. Yeah, I, I've seen a, a quote that I really like and um, that it says that the path to atheism is littered with Bibles read cover to cover. Mm. And there's a lot of data that shows that atheists know more about the Bible than most Christians do. Again, because it's a conscious decision to be an atheist most of the time and mm -hmm. almost never a conscious decision to be religious. Yeah. So last question I think uh, I want to talk about is uh, what are you most excited to explore in this podcast? Oh, I'm most excited to just finish. <laughs> <laughs> just to finish the book? Yeah. And never have to look at it again? Yeah, and well, I guess okay. I guess I'm also uh, excited to go to the New Testament because I feel like it is used by a lot of Christians. Where like, if you start to bring up things that are weird and um, or hypocritical in the Old Testament, they'll just be like, "Oh, just what Jesus says." Right. And so I am excited to look at Jesus and that whole story a bit closer 
Because I think there's definitely things to be discussed in there too. I don't think Jesus was perfect. Yeah. In his delivery. I'm I'm pretty interested in that too, is because I, I feel like I Veggie Tales never made an episode on Jesus, unfortunately, as far as I know. I don't remember many Veggie Tales covering No, they were like all Old Testament stories. Yeah, and so I think that's like the big like as a kid when you're in those, you know, early years, you get mostly Old Testament because they're easy, simple stories. Yeah. That hold with you and and you can make sense of like well, you only the big get the picture. same ones. Like True. none of us got fucking lot. None of us are reading about <laughs> lot as a child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as as far as like the broad strokes of the narrative, like we kind of know like what the Old Testament kind of is. Yes. But the New Testament, I think, is a lot more obscure in that we only get like they definitely talked about it in church a lot. But we get mostly just kind of these moral lessons and we don't necessarily understand the like flow of the story beyond like a maybe week long period of like Jesus's death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. I'm also excited for the story of Samson. I remember that was my when I got my picture comic Bible. Samson was my favorite story. And I feel like oh, yeah. I'm going to reread it and be like, oh, Delilah was so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think. Something I'm really excited about is just the idea of overall, like, demystifying the Bible. Mostly kind of the background of the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, I think a big part of the power that religion holds is often its obscurity. You know, most people have really almost no understanding of how the Bible came to exist in its current form. Yeah. Like, if you were to ask a Christian on the street how the Bible was written, right, a lot of them would probably give you the story, oh, Old Testament was written by Moses, and... Yeah. And you get like a lot of things like this. Or that just, just straight aren't up true. not knowing. Like I yeah. think you asked me at that one point. I don't remember if we kept it in the podcast, but I was literally just like Dead Sea Scrolls. That's all I know. Yeah. And there's just a lot to the story of of how it pieces together and it's it's very complicated, but it's also not very mystical. It's a whole set of different people writing down their beliefs and their perspectives and these stories that kind of gets grafted together into what's now the Bible. And there's nothing special about the assembly of books that exist today as the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I think when you understand that, it it's just a lot more clear. Yeah. Right? And I think one of the reasons that people are still able to believe is because it's so old and it's so obscure that you can kind of separate yourself from it. If yeah. you told me a story about someone the other day rising from the dead, even a Christian's not going to believe that story mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit with our observations about the world. But when you can separate it into this like mystical world of 3,000 years ago that you don't really have a sense for what was going on in the world politically, yeah, then it you can make sense of it. Yeah. And I actually I think it's really interesting because you can kind of see this in Christians and like latter-day saints Mm -hmm. where most christians think that mormons are ridiculous Mm -hmm. and the fact that they believe that stuff is ridiculous and it's because it's only a few hundred years ago yeah you can see really closely like the development of it you know what was going on in the world at the time so it doesn't make any sense that you know in the middle of like the united states expanding its borders and like the early years of our country that this nonsense is happening yeah well, and I literally thought that Christianity was, like, the first religion ever made. Right. Like, because, you you know, you start the story from the beginning with Adam, so you're like, okay, people believe this forever. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of modern U.S. Christians still kind of believe that. 
there's been a lot of a lot of Christian nationalists in the United States still make claims like this when they're putting up things like the Ten Commandments monument. They'll say things like, "This is the first recorded law." Mm. right they they try to separate like the fact that this is meant to be a religious icon and just say oh well this is just like recognizing our roots or whatever you know Mm. these are the first laws and it's that's not true there are known recorded instances of people writing down laws and a lot of them are similar laws uh from egypt and other places yeah yeah (sighs) fuck religion (laughs) so yeah yeah if you stuck with us for all of that um i hope you enjoyed getting to know us and uh, what we're trying to do here. I hope you're excited to stick around for the rest of it. Um, I guess we, forever and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. We didn't. I guess talk about it, but for the future of this podcast, really the the plan is to go through every book of the Bible like we've been doing, uh, one by one, and continue analyzing it. Uh, I also I think want to do some more of our like bonus content episodes, like where we watch you know, religious movies and uh, talk about them. And we also talk about doing like common uh, Christian arguments. Yeah. For, like why you should believe. So, so hopefully we'll get some more of those, those kind of bonus contents where we talk about some side issues related to Christianity and uh, let us know if you're interested in anything else. Um, we'll definitely look into covering that. We will see you next time in numbers. <laughs>